Welcome to episode 86 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Logan, and this week I am joined by Carlos. What is up, everyone? And that's it. It's just me and him. (laughs) Couldn't make it this time. He's a busy man traveling. Uh, Plus, he didn't watch any of the shows we were talking about today, so we gave him the day off. Lucky dog. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we uh, are here for our second part of the fall 2018 reviews. Um, We're finally done with 2018. Oh, wait. We're almost done with 2018. Oh no, yeah, you're right. We still have <laughs> one more to do. Yep. Not reviews. Well, I guess reviews in a way. Anyways, we'll get to that eventually, maybe. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I would say it was an okay season. Um, some highs, some lows, uh, some records, I think we set uh, for good and bad. <laughs> um, but... I will just uh, let you listen and decide for yourself how we felt about these shows. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let them dive right into. Uh, well, uh, not our. Yeah, no. The the first couple are will, will be interesting. Let's hear yeah. what they think. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what they think. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you later. See you guys soon. other than schoolwork this past couple weeks uh anything fun oh like maybe a (laughs) smash tournament yeah no i i i did go to um uh for those of you who follow the the instagram you know i i was at uh, uh genesis 6 this past weekend which was a ton of fun um it was a a smash tournament so they had uh the main attractions were uh smash melee and uh Smash Ultimate, um, which I pretty much like just went there to watch, but there was so much, it was kind of like a mini convention and then they had like, they have like artists there kind of like, it was almost like a mini artist alley and exhibitor booth, like really mini. Um, <laughs> and then they had like, uh, an arcade setup where they had, uh, uh, all these fighting game arcades and, uh, cabinets and rhythm game arcade cabinets and, Bullet Hell arcade cabinets from Japan um, mm. that were a Any lot of fun to play. Or a fake go? No, I wish. No, not those kind oh. of ones. No, those ones require <laughs> like some kind of weird connection. Um, gotcha. But uh, and I got to play Capcom vs SNK two, which I I haven't played in so long. I love that game. I'm terrible at fighting games, but I love <laughs> Capcom vs SNK two, and it's really hard to find these days. Um, what was guess? Oh, but yeah, like, but mostly I went there to watch, you know, the pro players play Smash because it's another game I love that I'm not, I'm not great at, but I enjoy watching. <laughs> I, I actually think maybe one of these days I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, you know, uh, apply in one of these tournaments and just get my ass handed to me in pools, but 
hey yeah the experience though right? yeah I, the, like the, the the person who inspired me i i wish i could I, I had remembered her name but there was this uh, uh this female player who was up there uh the, the the first morning i was there it was uh like pool started at 10 10 a.m and she was one of the first ones that she got herself up on the main stage and she got absolutely rocked just completely destroyed <laughs> but she took a stock off of the guy she was playing with and she like she popped off like you know she popped out of her chair and said "Woo! i didn't get three stocked and i was like <laughs> you know what that's a really good attitude to come into a tournament with especially if it's your first one it's like yeah. don't expect to win the whole thing just learn as much as you can and you know come back later you know fresh face with the the lessons you've learned um yeah. So yeah, no, it it was really fun. I I will say I didn't go to the top eight, and I really wanted to, but um, as you alluded to beforehand, uh, this semester of of <laughs> schooling is pretty strenuous already, and I've just started it, and uh, like I had homework and and a lot of studying to do uh, on Monday, or I'm sorry, Sunday for Monday. So yeah, I just I decided to just have it on in the background i really wish i could have gone that's why you don't see any pictures for those of you again who uh, have checked out the instagram uh, of top eight because i wasn't there so uh unfortunate maybe next time i can do it i'm glad i didn't i didn't though because i really needed that time um, <laughs> but yeah if you have a fighting game scene in your local area and like or just like any like i would recommend going to see esports of of course of of a game you play or, you know, enjoy watching for sure. But mm -hmm. like I've been to at this point, I've been to um, a League of Legends tournament, actually two League of Legends tournament, uh, a CSGO event um, and and now a, a Smash Ultimate tournament. So definitely go check those out. Like if you have a game you like uh, and you, you can make it to like an event. Um, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. I certainly hope to be able to catch some uh league you know pro play at some point yeah you know i was thinking uh, about life, that too but... we should probably like look if you're gonna come down for ax i mean uh -huh. they have the lcs like in that not in that same area but you know it's it's all in la and it shouldn't be too uh -huh. hard to get to i don't know i, w I was thinking about looking yeah. that up um i don't know Hopefully, yeah. I think the, uh, not a weekend of AX, but yeah, because I, I I think last AX they were doing the um, I don't not the MSI, but like the All Stars or something like that. What is just like a? I it was like a mix and match of stuff. Oh well, if um, if, if they're not, oh that's seasons. right, they weren't there. You know, I don't remember yeah. what they were doing. Maybe it was Rift yeah. Rivals or something yeah yeah that's what it was um but yeah uh definitely go out and check out your your local esports scene um and if you can apply i mean league of legends events like lcs you know proper i guess you could say pro like uh league of legends uh -huh. events i me and you can't apply for because we're not pro players <laughs> but like like working a, on it like a smash tournament or or like a, le a smaller time league of legends event maybe you have like uh like a little community at your college or, or in your town or around your town. I mean, it's pretty cool to get involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you are so inclined or join your local anime community and maybe they'll have Smash players there uh, because <laughs> anime is what we're here to talk about today. 
Wow, sick transition, bro. <laughs> yeah, we are uh, here to do our second part of our reviews for the fall 2018 season. Um, better late than never. Yeah, no, sorry about this, guys. It really has been pretty hectic. And uh, also sorry for I cut out two shows because I was not able to get to them. So yeah, sorry, Miss Vampire who lives next door i forget i already forgot the name in the neighborhood or I, I, I watched like three episodes of that i with the intention of coming back because it was cute uh and anima yell sorry to that too also cute yeah had every intention of coming back to it and just didn't i think i got ep- eight episodes in the anima yell and i just i loved it i mean it, i think it's a really good show i just didn't have the time to uh actually get around to finishing it so maybe someday uh, maybe um, it'll go up on the uh the group watch list one of these days yeah. then we can rate it yeah. then <laughs> uh, yes it's a good way to uh get us to do that kind of thing um but yeah we're here to uh go through the shows that we did watch and i'm going to kick us off with a couple of bangers um the first one on the list is conception which I decided to take a risk on because of oh, the... Uh, you have no idea how excited I am that we're synopsis. now a hentai podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know <laughs> what, Carlos? I wish that we were going to be a hentai podcast because of this show. Um, uh, yeah, so the the synopsis for this is like kind of... Uh, I'll just read it. Uh, on his high school graduation day, Iski's cousin, Mahiru, tells him she's pregnant. Just then, a gate of light emerges and transports the two into the world of Granvania. In this land, impurities have been causing a disturbance to the stars, ultimately plunging Granvania into chaos and disorder. And Itsuki, and Itsuki, now revealed to be the one who is fated to meet the star, maiden, the star maidens, is seen as Granvania's last hope and was thus given the task to produce star children and combat the impurities. <sighs> Yes, so sounds like a, I mean, an interesting premise and one that could, you know, potentially get pretty lewd. Um, and they do kind of uh, lead you on with that in the the first episode, um, because like the the main crux of the show is that you know the there are these like evil impurities that are kind of causing havoc in this world that he's transported to and in order to beat these impurities he needs to produce star children with the uh the star maiden uh, star maidens star maidens um and the i guess the way that that gets done is you have to you know they imply that you have to uh do the deed um have sex i'm just gonna say it um <laughs> And, uh, I mean, the show is pretty, first of all, there's a mascot character in the show that I just cannot stand at all. I hate mascot characters and this one's especially annoying. Um, is that the one that's like, like, I I watched like the first episode. uh, Is he the one you're talking like, does he do that whole like lewd suggestive talk the entire anime? The entire anime. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) I can't imagine that getting old at all. No, no, it was great. Um, yeah, the the shock value of that kind of wore off pretty quick. Uh, it's kind of refreshing and funny to see, you know, them just like talking about like masturbation and, you know, having sex and all that. 
Um, but it got real old <laughs> real fast. Um, especially in the annoying voice of the character. It just became very grating. Um, but so we get to the end of the first episode and uh, he's going to do the deed with Mahiru, his childhood, or I guess his cousin. Um, so that because the only way they can get back to the real world is to for him to defeat the impurity so they can open up the gate again. Um, and so they get on a bed in the middle of this room with a bunch of people watching and kinky. kinky yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they have a heart to heart and they're about to, uh, do the deed. And all of a sudden, like a transformation sequence happens and there's a star, ch- a star child next to them. And they're all confused. That's pretty much how it happens it in the out, uh, in the video game too. Yeah. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. So it turns out you don't actually have to have sex to have the star child. You just have to become intimately close with someone. Kind of defeats the purpose and of child making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Um, and so, you know, not to kind of drag this out too much, but. It's pretty much the same thing with the other 11 star maidens. And then there's another girl that kind of gets dragged into it as the like, quote, 13th star maiden. Um, but yeah, I the, the premise just never really hit. It wasn't what I was hoping it would be. <laughs> Maybe my mind's a little too dirty uh, coming into this, <laughs> hoping for some lewd stuff, but uh it never really delivered i mean they definitely had lewd moments like um there was one uh episode where they performed a i forget exactly what they call it but it was essentially a threesome um (laughs) where he has two girls on the bed um and you know he makes two star children at once and it's amazing and you know they cut (laughs) cut back to the bed and the girls are all like panting and sweaty and like he's saying how amazing that experience was um, while he's just like standing there, like nothing bewildered. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what happened? It's like, yeah. it's like they went through sex and childbirth at the same time. And same he's time. just like, yeah. uh, nothing happened to me. Uh, I was here <laughs> present. Um, so yeah, the girls were cute. Um, a couple of the ones that stood out to me were, uh, I liked Mahiru a lot. I thought she was, you know a good kind of uh main girl um there was a girl named uh Riona who's like this uh redheaded doctor uh character that uh, is one of the star maidens okay i'll i'll post i'll post pictures as i talk about them carlos so you can see what i'm talking about um i thought she was very pretty and uh i liked her quite a bit um and then any comments? Uh, I dig it. I, I like yeah. the the fact that her... She, you said she's a doctor? Yeah. I like the fact that her doctor's outfit is also like a Mandarin dress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think my favorite character was uh, uh, the girl named Faroon, who's like a... Kind of like a... She's on what she calls like an adventure. She doesn't stay in one place like too long or whatever. She... Like, uh, Itsuki kind of like, like he meets all of them up front. So he knows who all these star mains are. He just has to kind of, not all of them are necessarily on board with this whole, 
uh, thing. <laughs> you want um, you want me to what? <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Um, but uh, she's working at like a bar, so he goes and finds her, and yeah, she's like a good like a professional dancer and stuff. She was really cute. I dig it. Uh, she's got yeah. a pretty cool character model. Yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, like due to the fact that there are twelve episodes of this anime, and there are you know i guess 13 girls in total that you know he has to get intimate with uh in various ways um it uh just no one ever got enough screen time for me to really care um i would have loved to have seen kind of just more time with uh certain characters or like so, less but, like a smaller cast so that you know smaller cast would have been great yeah, yeah. like who who says it needs to be 12 could have been six and that would have uh you know doubled the time with each girl so or three girls and uh, then you have uh you know four episodes four episodes each to to hash out a little story mm-hmm. to, to get him in the bed <laughs> uh, so to speak um the ending was pretty bad uh, <laughs> you sound unsure about that <laughs> well it's just so ridiculous well first of all they there's like the search for like the 13th star maiden um because of course it can't just be 12 there needs to be 13 i see you keep saying only... that and i i like a real quick aside but uh-huh. um have you ever seen the movie the 13th warrior but then uh um i just lost his name Antonio, Antonio oh, Banderas. Banderas. Yeah, you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't seen oh, that. It's such no. a good movie. I want an okay. anime all female Thirteenth Warrior. That'd be amazing. Anyway, hey, sure, yeah. sign me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, in the course of you know trying to find this Thirteenth Star Maiden, like they, you know, oh, they kind of bring up the idea that it might actually be a guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay (laughs) and so they kind of go through this entire process and they you know come down to these three guys and then he kind of brings them to the bed and like i guess and it turns out it was just like all this hoax just kind of like get him to open his mind because of course you know he's a straight dude with you know interested in girls not dudes so he was very against the the concept of uh you know having to get intimate with a guy so they use this as like a tool to kind of broaden his horizons and somehow increase his power i don't know it, <laughs> it was bad poorly I, poorly I explained it. at the very least i mean yeah I, I you can definitely do that kind of thing so long as it's not like a, you're pulling the wool over our eyes and oh by the way here's this new mechanic that we just introduced yeah they literally like i don't know i don't know how they don't realize what's going on or how Iski doesn't realize what's going on but like they're in this you know bedroom scene bed and he's on the bed and he's talking about how he's like you know okay sure whatever i'll do this and then all the walls fall down and they're on a beach with all the girls surrounding the apparently box that they were in i don't know it it's awful it's not good (sighs) and then Man, I don't even know. Like the the ending is like there's like these. I think there are th- uh, thirteen impurities that he has to beat. You know, for the each one for each maiden, and then uh, 
So the thirteenth one is like super powerful, and uh, so all these star children are like tiny little avatar mm-hmm. things. Um, yeah, you've I guess you've played the, game the second with game the part of the game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so, like you know, apparently he's supposed to like the original plan by the king and like or the ruler of this this uh, Granvania. Like the the court was like to send Itsuki down there to essentially sacrifice himself to seal the the uh, impurity uh, with and you know none of the star maidens were told or whatever or maybe it was only my hero who wasn't told. Anyways, they decide to say screw that and they go down there and they all like lend him his power and he powers up and the star children become like a giant mech that he fuses with <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> please go on <laughs> and uh and then uh well i forgot to mention you know he he's uh he's got the sword and he can kind of like shoot like sword wind beams or whatever at you know these impurities to kind of cut them up don't question it please um, <laughs> and so he's you know trying to fight this final impurity with just his sword and the uh the star children are well, first the Star Children transform into three smaller mechs, and they're trying to uh, help him fight this thing. And then he's about to get got by this beam from the uh, Impurity and the Thirteenth Star Maiden, who's actually really cute, named Alfie, um, who was a former Star Child, I guess, uh, from the previous hero that was brought to the land. Because this is not the first time this has happened. Mm. Um, she jumps in the way of the bolt and uh, dies, essentially. Oh. <sighs> yeah. She looks like yeah. she belongs well, in um, Girls in Panzer. Yeah, kind of, yeah, with those the bags on her side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the hat. And the hat, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he like, you know, she dies and he goes Super Saiyan. Uh, <laughs> turns into this giant mech and uh, he's still getting the, the crap beat out of... Uh, by this impurity and so the star child that he made with alfie turns into a giant pike and uh he's able to kill it with that and then the darkness is sealed away and, and logan got to stop watching this anime <laughs> it sounds no, like not quite oh, no. not quite <laughs> <laughs> so you know mahiru decides to go back to you know their world where they came from the real world earth and uh Iski decides to do the same, and so they're they try to leave without telling anyone, but somehow everyone else found out, and so they, you know, the the portal is just this giant hole in the ground, and uh, as they're saying goodbye, some of the girls are like, "No, I don't want to go," or "I don't want to say goodbye," so they just all start running at Iski, and they all fall through the portal, and now they're all in the real world or Earth, and so that's how it ends with them. I guess assimilating into society. Somehow they all live in the same house, and that's okay. <laughs> I don't know how they afford that, but oh, and then I forget how it actually ends. So I have a question: mm. um, Is polygamy legal in Japan? Absolutely not. Then that's how this anime ends by him marrying all thirteen <laughs> girls. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Alfie's not dead, and the perverted panda mascot turns into a girl as well so there's 14 girls that he marries wow and uh that's the end of the anime (laughs) so 
I mean, I've read something uh-huh. like that before. Uh, okay. Specifically, it's an Aerodogen, an original one. Okay. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, I believe it's Bus to Bus. It was the one that did this where uh, it was oh, a, a, a protagonist and and uh, and three females who were interested in him. And the and the way it ends is um, is he becomes prime minister of Japan to change the law of polygamy so that he can marry all three of them. <laughs> Look, you do you, bro. I get it. I get it. So, I mean, if it ended that way, I would have laughed. I'm like, oh, look, an homage to one of my favorite arrow, don't you? <laughs> so. No. Yeah, we literally don't see Itsuki after we go back to the real world. We just see the girls doing random things. Like the, uh, uh, I forgot her name uh, now, but the the doctor girl uh, becomes like the nurse of the school or whatever. And then yeah, they're doing various jobs. I don't know. It, it's it's a shame because I think the the character designs and like the art and the animation were all really really good, mm-hmm. um, and I just wish that you know they hadn't. I don't know. It felt like a childish story, even with all the lewd stuff, kind of like peppered in. I wish they just kind of committed to the lewd. But uh, <laughs> there's a quote. I wish they just committed to the loot. <laughs> yeah, put that in my uh, my gravestone. <laughs> Commit to loot. Commit to loot. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but... it, it's it sounds like they did just um, like you said, they just didn't have enough time per character, and then like the same yeah. running joke. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, all bad. Yeah. I mean, all bad unfortunately uh, enjoyable characters just not enough time good art just atrocious story um oh, i think i'm gonna give it a i'll, I'll give it a one and a half out of five e. ouch because it did make me laugh a couple times and i did like the art and the character designs okay Deep breath. Because <sighs> I'm about to get real depressed. Um, the next show on our list is a show that I drafted. The one that I took a chance on. Because it sounded interesting. And that is The Space Between the Sky and the Sea. Or Sora to Umi no Aida. Um, oh, I guess I before we go on, I should say uh, Conception was done by uh, Gonzo. Um, so yeah, good track record there. Not this one though. <laughs> Better look next time. Um, yeah, from forgot the title already. I didn't want to forget it. Between the Sky and the Sea, uh, done by Studio TMS Entertainment, um, who's done Real Life, uh, Orange. I think they did Megalobox. I want to say, um, they've done a number of good things. Um, but unfortunately they did this one. <laughs> the uh, synopsis for this one is in the future in Onomichi Hiroshima, fish disappear from the sea around the world and only whales live in the ocean. The ministry of fishery decides to set up giant experimental universe fish tanks in space. The Onomichi universe fisher union is established and begins to train space fishermen. Female fishermen are in demand due to the strengthening of an equal employment law for men and women. Six new female space fishermen are selected, and the story centers on the uh, supporting their growth. 
Okay. Um. <laughs> Man. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> There's so much. I love... Okay, well, we'll get there. Um, the main character of this one is a girl named uh, Haru Sorumachi, who's like from the sticks or whatever. Um, and uh, she decides to become a space fisherman so that she can feed her grandma sushi that she caught or whatever. Um, and she's like the kind of like like typical dumb, ditzy, stupid main character girl who you know thinks before or uh, acts before she thinks and often causes problems for everyone else that she's around um just a super annoying character and i hate her (laughs) with every fiber of my being um and she arrives in hiroshima and uh they got it blocks so much let me see if i can uh remember they uh get kind of her and two other girls are kind of like roped into this like fishing expedition like they somehow get taken to space um to go into one of these fishing tanks having you know no experience whatsoever and obviously things go really bad um uh the two other girls that uh she goes up with are uh Namino Murakami who's like a you know princess type and uh makiko maki i think it was i don't remember the it doesn't matter anyways things go bad um and they you know get back to earth and that's when you find out that all of the men in this anime are just the worst misogynistic pieces of shit in the world um (laughs) And especially fucking, I can't remember his name, but it might be like Kojiro or something like that. Um, he's got like a scar and stuff and he's just the worst. And they try to kind of like spin it later on by saying that he was trying to protect the girls by deterring them from becoming space fishermen. But it, oh, fuck him. <laughs> um and so we kind of uh, meet the rest of the cast. Um, we have Makoto Mitsurugi, who's kind of a um, I forget what her deal is. I know like she can't swim, and that's like her character episode is like she uh, almost drowned as a kid or something, and so she you know, struggles to be in these fishing tanks. I don't remember why she wants to be in them to begin with. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention that this is based on a mobile game and each character kind of uh, acquires a, uh, like a protector spirit, I guess. Um, And those protector spirits like live in this phone world where they can kind of see what's going on in the real world. And then they kind of choose who they want to protect based on, you know, who they like. And then they get summoned by phones. Um, so real mobile gamey. Yeah, no, I remember pe- you and other people saying that there was like game explanation or game elements in the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like immediate. Like, <laughs> it kind of seems like it's a gotcha. Like, 
that is how Haru gets her uh, uh, spirit, who's like Misapone or something like that. This like little fox thing, mm. who's like obviously or not obviously, apparently the worst spirit there is. So she's got that going for her. She got a one star. Um, yeah, she got a one star. It's so relatable. <laughs> um, so yeah, each of the girls have these different spirits. I'm not going to go into them because they honestly don't matter. Um, so yeah, Makoto, she can't swim. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Uh, yeah, Makiko is kind of like childhood friends with Namino, who's the princess girl. Um, and, uh, Makiko's dad is like the president of like the fishing company or something like that. Um, and we find out that there's like a big scandal that was covered up, uh, from like the first space fishing expedition where one of the main guys disappeared and the other two got hurt. Uh, we come to find out that the guy who disappeared, his sister is Maiko Sakura, who joined the uh, the group to try to find her brother and she has okay you know what it's not unfortunate that she has an accent it's unfortunate how they tried to uh subtitle her accent um uh did you ever look in the between the sky and the sea no chat? i haven't seen anything about uh, it. please please go and let me know what you think of the uh screenshots that i posted Oh, oh! You mean the the chat? No, no, no. I, I'm glad those are still up. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, no. Sorry, that's that's my sister, my writer. Uh, be between the sky and the sea. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Did they seriously? Uh, every line. That, every line. That is a Scottish accent. <laughs> It's awful. It's I awful. cannot. I cannot go to to space like this. <laughs> so she's trying to say, "I cannot go to space like this." Yeah. They spell out a instead of i. Uh, for cannot, it's c a n n a e. Can I go? Is right. Two is t a e for some ungodly reason, and then space like this is normal. It, I, it's awful. It, it is. Every that, that is line. that is how. You subtitle Scotty from the original Star Trek. That's how you subtitle <laughs> that man if you're trying to be addictive. <laughs> if, you're, yeah. if you're trying to be purposefully like, uh, what do you call it? Perfect. I don't know, like racist, I guess. I don't know. Like <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. Just eth- ethnicist towards Scott, towards the Scottish <laughs> like accent. Like that's how you subtitle that. Oh God. That's awful. <laughs> it was unbearable uh, i oh god like i don't think she's a bad character but every time she talked i wanted to kill myself <laughs> just because i had to read those subtitles um so yeah that's her deal she's trying to you know find her brother who went missing um in these fish tanks um namino uh is like now, from now, a, real a, quick these are just uh-huh. outer space fish tanks is that what like gigantic yeah. outer space fish tanks? Yeah, did yeah. They, there's did they say stuff, why? There's stuff I won't. 
No, mm, no. <laughs> Let me get through the characters okay. and then we can try to figure this out. Um, Namino Murakami is like the the princess character, like I've said three times already. Um, and she's kind of like the foil to Haru. They're always butting heads and stuff. And I think she's got like some background in fishing that, uh, you know, makes her kind of like the, the snooty asshole of the group. Um, and then rounding out the group is a girl named Ruby Azumi, who is a uh, half Amer- or like half uh, yeah American, half Japanese girl. Uh, her dad apparently runs a fishing company in the U.S. Um, and she was sent here as a in quotes spy to figure out how the Japanese do fishing. <laughs> okay. Um, uh-huh. So she's kind of helps. She's like a, a prodigy when it comes to these fishing things, but she's also, she hates fish at first. Like she doesn't eat fish. She doesn't understand sushi or why Japanese people would eat raw fish. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's the group. That's who you send as a spy. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so the main crux of the show is these girls want to go up and do space fishing. The guys are like, no, you're women. You can't do that. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so, yes, these space fishing tanks. What's great? Oh, this is just like reading this and thinking about you know what happens at the end of the show is just chef's kiss it's just so good so the ministry of fishing decides to set up giant experimental so they made these they made these fish tanks they just hover about in outer space they're just in outer space i they Do they have their own atmosphere <laughs> yes somehow <laughs> um i'm going to be honest they don't talk about how any of this works okay it's just balls of water in the sky with giant fish in them that they put there or they don't explain where the fish came from they don't explain how the fish got there they don't explain what happened to the fish on earth other than they disappeared they explain nothing. And I love the fact that. Well, okay. Technically, you know, the crux of the show is that there's like a hundred or 99 fish tanks or whatever. And so, you know, the higher the number, the more dangerous it gets somehow, apparently. Um, I don't know how that came to be about. Um, and so they're looking for this, this uh, brother to, to Maiko. And like, they, the the end of the show is them you know going to the well the the okay sorry this is very jumbled because i'm i blocked so much of this from my memory um the two other guys that were with Maiko's brother are like the two assholes uh in the show and so they go to like the 99th tank to for some fishing expedition and they end up getting like beat up by fish and so they're stuck in that tank and so the girls have to go on some secret rescue operation 
uh, because the fishing company wants to kind of sweep it under the rug. And so they get sent to the 99th fish tank uh, with no experience whatsoever and manage to save the two dudes and catch a giant fish. Um, oh, man. And the I was happy for a minute in that episode because the way they catch the fish is they like they're in these like pod things that are kind of like they've got, you know, engines and stuff. So they go pretty fast. And so they're being chased by this just giant fish. And so their like plan of escape is to kind of like break through the ice that covers this fish tank uh, or the water in this tank and just kind of like escape in the space and then get picked up by the, the ship. They brought him there. <laughs> okay. And so they, uh-huh. And so they, they do that. They manage to, you know, break through the ice and they're flying through the air and they're like, there's cheers. And then Riser, like, you know, saying good job to each other. The fish jumps out of the ice and eats Haru's tank. And I was like, please let this be the end of the show. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> But it wasn't because the fish froze instantly and then Haru was fine in her tank in the fish's mouth. Um, <laughs> Logic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that uh, uh, Maiko's brother wasn't in that tank. It turns out that there are more tanks that no one knows about. Um, at least there's a, a number 100 tank. And so that's kind of where the show ends is like the uh, the boss of the, the fishing company saying there's, you know, there's not just 99 tanks out there. Oh, boy. <sighs> yeah. I kind of feel like um, we're not going to get a resolution to that. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. And if they do bring something out, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care one bit. There honestly was not a single thing that i enjoyed about this anime like i guess it looked okay uh the character designs were all right but i like thinking on everything trying to find something that i could speak highly to i just can't do it um so i mean this show gets a 0.5 from me yeah that's pretty much the lowest you can go without killing I. <laughs> yeah and I refuse to do that. So. <laughs> no, there there have definitely been shows where I'm like, I want to give this a zero, but I can't get like <laughs> Yeah. Like watching every time I had to watch this show because I had to, you know, force myself to watch the show so that because I picked it. Um I just felt so defeated as a person. That was me with my sister, my writer this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I, oh man. Every every time I finished watching it, I just had to go like sit in my bedroom for like half an hour and just lay down. Yeah, no, because it was so bad. We, we talked about this before the cast, but but I am seriously considering like having a, a mulligan role. Yeah, for for one one show a season, to where we don't have to watch yeah. one thing and just pick something that's people are gonna want to listen to. Because like I don't know if people enjoy us to like I active, don't enjoy talking actively, about shows like this. Like, it's fine when there's like when there's a show that's like I don't know I, I I don't mind talking about shows that are like good in the beginning and then they ramp up and then like something happened it's like fuck it like it's so terrible what happened because then you know you have 
stuff that you could talk about that you enjoyed and then you have like you uh-huh. could yeah like we can discuss reasons why um we think it went off a cliff and why we think it's bad now or you know what have you or, or vice versa there have been ones where like like Komodo Friends where I was like this looks fucking terrible and I watched the whole show uh, I haven't seen the, the the newest season so please don't have me um but uh <laughs> Like in the the first season, you know, I'm like, oh, this looks awful, and then I watched the the rest of it. I'm like, oh, this is actually a really fun, cute story, uh, despite the <laughs> hor- horrid, horrendous, uh, you know, uh, visuals. But um, but yeah, watching something from that from start to finish is just a shit show. Is not fun to talk about. Is not fun to discuss. So yeah, I we'll, we'll have to bring that up with uh, with with Jeff. But uh, just know that that might might be coming to us because. Uh, I, I think <laughs> I, I think every season we've had a show like this where one of us picks a show where it's like, oh, that was like the worst thing I've ever watched. Like that kind of thing. We'll see, though. Uh, just yeah. if nothing else for our for our mental well-being, considering uh, we're not going to do this. <laughs> but we yeah. hope we hope that even if, um, you know. Yeah. Even if we don't like it, hopefully you guys at least enjoy hearing us talk about it. Um, but I'm not sure how much people enjoy hearing us actively hate every second of what we watch. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Next is uh, is one of my shows from two seasons ago. Uh, I had to drop one show because. I don't remember what I don't even remember what it was at this point. I had to drop a show because it either didn't get picked up or Netflix picked it up or something happened. Wasn't it a Backstreet Girls? Oh, that's right. Netflix picked it up and I still haven't watched it. Um, I do want to watch that, though. Maybe I'll do that. Um, Banana Fish Uh, was picked up by Amazon. Uh, It was a two core. So uh, carried all the way over from summer. Yeah. this was um, a pretty a pretty dark show uh, based on a manga uh, from the 80s um, or 80s or late 80s, early 90s, something like that. Um, it was by Studio Mappa. Um, so, you know, some interesting stuff uh, comes out of Mappa. We have a lot of Mappa fans in our Discord. Um, but uh, it takes place in New York City. Uh, and it starts off, uh, with a Japanese boy named Eiji bring, bring, take two, being brought to New York, uh, by, I, I can't remember. I think it was like his uncle or like family friend. Um, his name is, uh, Shunichi Ibe. He's like a reporter and he's coming to do a story on, uh, on New York and America and, um, specifically gangs in New York. Um, and AG is uh, like a kind of like a budding photographer. He wanted to come and, and you know, be a part of it. Um, so uh, they get to New York and um, a police contact for Shinichi uh, points them towards the gang of uh, Ash, uh, who is a local um, uh, Ash Links, I should say, who is a local. Uh, like gang lord no not gang lord he's like a like a gang like kingpin of a certain gang of a certain area um real quick like this show has a lot of influence from like 80s new york city um i've been to new york city it's not like that anymore like at all 
it's <laughs> actually like yeah it's a, it's a complete 180 these days um maybe in certain parts it's different but like this heavily takes uh um inspiration from new york city of the 80s uh with rampant crime and graffiti just every fucking where i mean there's still graffiti but anyway um so they go to ash Lynx's, um place um and uh they meet up with his gang and stuff like that and they're finding out about new york gang culture and ag's very how do i say this he's like he's really interested but kind of put off by you know the rude and crude american like young american gang scene at the time and um one wonders why he even bothered to show up this is my least favorite character i don't like ag uh, uh and like a series of events i'm not gonna go through everything because this is two cores and a lot of stuff happens and you definitely have to watch it if, if this sounds kind of interesting to you but um uh, like events unfold ash is under the employee kind of the employee he's he's under this like kingpin uh oh god his name just completely left me it's like gol gols golsini gols something like that um yeah it's gone um but he's he's under the employee of this guy who has known him since he was a kid mostly because he's a pedophile and he uh Dino Golzine. There you go. Uh, mostly because he's a pedophile and um, kind of groomed Ash that way as a child um, and educated him in like crime and all this stuff while, well, having his way with him, um, which is awful. But um, so, yeah, like through various means, they find out about this drug that uh, Golzine has been making called Banana Fish, which is supposed to make like this is you don't find this out until much later so spoilers i'm very briefly going to go over this um banana fish makes uh the person who it's used on susceptible to suggestion so you can for example like uh they use they use the iraq war in this which i think if i had to guess this was supposed to be vietnam back when the comic came out um but uh you can, for example, make a soldier go and kill all of his buddies. Um, and Ash's brother was in the Iraq War and Banana Fish was used on him. So it's like all coincidental, but it all ties together. Uh, and uh, AG and his and uh, and uh, Shunichiro and like they get involved with Ash uh, and really a host of other characters um like <laughs> i didn't know that was his last name his name is max and through all the whole thing i just kept thinking of his max his name is max lobo i forgot about that lobo <laughs> max wolf nice anyway um and and characters kind of come come in and, and die kind of not like at a ridiculous pace but like characters you didn't expect to die die and it's like wow well that was kind of odd um some of them, like one of them's really impactful. One of the deaths in it, I actually was like, "Wow, that, that was pretty impressive." Um, and, but like my problem, I, I have a couple problems with the show. I really enjoyed it, so just like the the over 
the overarching like narrative with like them finding out about banana fish and like um the way it's used and all that stuff is really compelling but and there's a lot of buts uh. here um uh i mentioned before that it it had heavily borrows from 80s like new york in like in like the 80s the problem is like what i really would have preferred they did was keep the story as is because they use technology in this show like and i'm talking smartphones and tablets and stuff like that but then at other times they're not using like technology like that and it's one of those things like in a story like this uh, a lot of it can be diffused through technology like this. Like, oh, I don't know, putting this information out anonymously to every, you know, every social media platform uh, or every, uh, like, large media outlet social media. Like, I'm going to send the plans for Banana Fish to CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, NPR, and bam, reporters everywhere have the story. And now, like, everyone's looking into it and, like... It's really weird. Like, I really wish they had just gotten rid of technology altogether. It's not hmm. It's not glaring. It's just you see it every now and again, and you're like, why aren't you using this to put these people under? It, <laughs> would, it would not be hard at all. Just Or just keep the technology of the time, you know, pay phones and stuff like that. If this is the 80s. It's a lot easier to get away with that kind of narrative where, like, they have to get hard evidence because if they don't have hard evidence, you know, all that kind of stuff. But – when you show us technology like that, internet culture, you could honestly say whatever you want. And if you have the slightest bit of evidence, that that shit's going to get looked into. Yeah. Um, another problem I had was, was okay, so Ash Lynx is honestly one of my favorite characters um, of the season. Just he's so mm. badass. And his story is very tragic. I mean, like we're talking – he was – uh, like his his parents like his mom dies his his dad is kind of an ass like not like you know or like he just really standoffish and stubborn and and won't listen to his son and and because of that his son because he's very effeminate looking gets taken advantage of by pedophiles and then when his dad finds out that happens he fucking disowns him which is terrible uh and so he's he's like he goes through this life of crime and i'm like wow this is a super sympathetic character but he he like like the first half like we're, we're led to believe again that like he went through all this and now he's like the street smart character like this guy is on top of it like he has his own gang he's only vaguely under the employ of this large mafia boss but like he finds like little ways to get digs in on him um but for the first half of the show while they're trying to get away from you know the mafia's guys he can't put a lookout anywhere and they're constantly surprised. There's it's I, I like I think I put in the, the chat for this in our, our spoiler discussion that like the 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 gif of Admiral Akbar saying it's a trap is just about <laughs> every episode for like half of the show. Because it's they always show up and they're like, oh, how do they find us here? It's like they're the mafia. <laughs> they found you here every time, and you just you you can't put a lookout out. You can't, I don't know, take any kind of countermeasures. So people like there was at one point like they go to the, I think the breaking point for me was when they go to like Ash's dad's place, and Ash has this 
female there that he's dating question mark or married to or yeah. it's really unclear but she really likes ash and and she dies and i'm like you know what? i don't care anymore because you guys really could have prevented this um also ag again i don't like ag i kind of see what he's there for he's the the belt because him and ash are the same age and ag is the book smart sheltered all of his life japanese kid who acts as a like this is what your life could have been for ash but he's just captured so often and like there's multiple times he has the opportunity to go back to japan but he's like no i have to be there for ash and it's like what can you do except get captured oh look you got captured again great it's just <laughs> and it's it's a really it gets so old the formula like at one point he gets captured by the same dude twice uh, a chinese mafia <laughs> yeah i'm like i can't stand this character he's so stupid yeah so and as much as like the like the latter half of the show is like a lot of ash's revenge i mean for for god's sakes one when one of his buddies dies like the way he gets revenge is he empties a clip reloads and empties another clip into the dude who killed him i mean he's it's pretty uh-huh. cool i love i love that scene but it's it's really odd how often he finds himself like and he's he, this is I, I didn't even bring that up, the fact that, like, despite Ash's past, this kid has, like, an IQ of, like, I don't know. I don't know what a good IQ number is because I don't – I've never taken an IQ test. Anyway, he's he's really smart. He's, like – he's a genius. He's freaking diamond in the rough. Like, this guy goes to the library to read, like, ridiculously long textbooks of his own accord and then remembers everything he fucking read in the book. I mean, he he helps, like, break down the – I don't know the chemical components of the banana fish drug. Like that's how smart this kid is despite being a street tough. And yet he can't stop people from getting captured because he can't like, despite having a sizable gang, he can't be like, Hey, you know, make sure this doesn't happen. And even like his gang members can't stop a wimpy little Japanese nerd from, from breaking out to go see him so he can get captured again. <laughs> Yeah, it's I want to like this show so much more because Ash is so cool and like his his story is so compelling. But a lot of the characters in this show are so fucking stupid that it 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 really it hurt my my enjoyment of the show. Um, The ending's pretty good. I mean, uh, uh, they they. Ash kind of gets his his final revenge. I, I won't spoil too much of it. The ending, very action movie, like even the setting and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Eiji goes back to Japan, and Ash is just kind of kind of left to his own devices. Um, they have this like kind of emotional parting of ways. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, when I first started like watching the show, I was really, really into it. Midway through, I was really getting sick of it. And towards the end, I, I kind of, I was like, okay, I like Ash enough to want to finish this show. Um, but I'm not going to lie, really considered skipping over every part AG was in. 
because towards towards <laughs> the end he started getting that annoying like why are you even a character anymore why are you even here like he made sense early on for that to, to be that counterbalance but honestly i'd wish he died a lot earlier um maybe <laughs> that would have like been a really cool like revenge story for the like the end bit with ash um yeah i i didn't i didn't really appreciate that character too much uh all in all decent 24 episodes uh it's on amazon if you want to watch it um i'm not sure i can recommend it but i don't know depending on depending on what you like uh like if if a darker story sounds interesting to you that's set in america that's set in america man like i forgot to early on like <laughs> they really take digs at america like shinichi <laughs> loves to to like digs about like oh in, in japan we don't have any of this or you know I'm like all right well you guys have no problems i'm sure uh but uh, <laughs> crime's not a problem for you yakuza is not a thing uh anyway um yeah yeah it's 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 interesting it's an interesting take uh, how the Japanese saw 80s New York City, which isn't entirely wrong. 80s New York City was a shithole. Um, I I will say, though, that I enjoyed it well enough to give it a three out of five. Okay. I mean, if, it would have been a lot higher if AG was. <laughs> if AG wasn't not, I won't say wasn't in it because he provided quite a bit for the early part of the show. But if he had died, probably four. <laughs> Hmm. Probably would have jumped up a whole letter or whole letter, whole number, <laughs> whole letter grade. Same thing. Yeah. It would have gone from a C to a B. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah, banana well, fish. Drugs in New York banana City. Banana fish. What's new? <laughs> um, okay. Next on the list is a show that I drafted. Um, another one that I took a. A chance on because I like romance, um, and that is Boarding School Juliet, uh, which was done by Aliden Films, who's done things like um, Poco's Udon World, Love and Lies. Uh, they did Hanebato a few seasons ago. Um, you know, a, a decent track mm-hmm. record, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they uh, took a Romeo and Juliet story, and that's pretty much what we got. <laughs> was a Romeo and Juliet story. Um, spoilers: no sad uh, death, suicide at the end. Um, so there's that at least. Uh, but the the synopsis for this one is: the story takes place at Dahlia Academy boarding school where students come from two rivaling countries known as the Black Dogs and the White Cats. Uh, Persia and Inazuka are leaders of their respective dorms, but they are secretly in love with each other. Now they must keep their relationship a secret from the other dorm mates while trying to avoid trouble. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I forget the names of the houses in Romeo and Juliet, but it's the same thing. There's the, uh, the Black Dogs and the White Cats uh, wearing black and white. Um, of course, uh, Montague and, and oh, I don't remember uh, the other one. I, I just blanked. Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. 
some Italian name or whatever. <laughs> so, someone's um, yelling it at us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Inazuka is the Capulet. Lead, not the leader. I just remembered. Capulets, yes. Yes. Good. Good job, <laughs> uh, plus one XP. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Inuzuka. <laughs> take two. Inuzuka is uh, a first year for the, the Black Dogs. Um, and kind of the, I guess, leader of their class. And... Uh, they love to fight with the white cats every chance they get. Uh, the leader of the white cats is Persia, um, Juliet, Persia, and then Romeo Inazuka. So, you know, real creative there. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so they're, you know, they fight a lot. And, uh, but it turns out that Romeo you know, has a thing for Persia and he hates that they have to fight. Um, and so after one fight, uh, he, you know, calls her out and confesses to her, um, you know, saying that he likes her and that he wants to date her. And, uh, Persia is like, um, no, we're like different factions and stuff. And like, that can never work. But, then he gets like this whole spiel where he's like, I want to change the world and I want us to be together. And that kind of like touches her heart um, because she's always wanted to change the world. So she agrees to start dating him. Um, but of course they have to keep it a secret. So the rest of the show is just kind of them um, exploring their relationship as they have to kind of lie about it and, you know, continually fight each other in public. Um, while sneaking in cute moments of, of a little romance. Um, the, I don't know if there's necessarily like a big bad in this show, but there are what are called prefects of, uh, each, uh, side. Um, the, uh, prefect for the white cats is a, or the, I guess the highest ranking prefect is a girl named Anne, who I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I liked her character design a lot. Uh, and then it turns out that the prefect for the black dogs is um, Romeo's older brother uh, who kind of is, uh, you know, completely against like the, the idea of them ever getting along with uh, the white caps and all that. Um, so, I mean, I don't think the show does anything terribly, Different if you know what the Romeo and Juliet story is. Um, it's just kind of a, a cute romance sprinkled uh, in those fights. Um, and the, like they keep having to kind of like deny that they're involved with each other. And that's like the big culmination of the, the anime is they have to. Uh, it's Percy's birthday and Romeo wants to see her. So he kind of stages this thing where apparently for, you know, I think this is like a school where it's not just like three grades, like it's a boarding school. I oh, think so it's like, like K through 12, you know, one of yeah, those type yeah, of things like that. Um, and so I guess they like to crash Percy's birthday party every year and throw cream pies. Um, <laughs> <What are you> <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, and so, yeah, Izuka kind of stages one of those for her birthday in the hopes of him getting to kind of just see her for a little bit and wish her a happy birthday. And, uh, like, people start to, you know, question his intentions and stuff. And it comes down to this big fight where they have to kind of prove that they hate each other in front of all these prefects and everyone. And so they start dueling with real swords <laughs> and, uh, people aren't buying it. So, they pre earlier in the show had exchanged uh exchanged exchanged uh rosaries um like these cross necklace huh. things okay um cuz i guess you know that's a big thing for uh uh persia and her side of the family like her mother gave her a rosary that she gave to inazuka as a sign of you know her love for him and then he bought her one um as a gift at one point and so they're fighting and like they have to, you know, convince these people that they're, you know, they don't have a thing for each other. And so they fight with the real swords and they uh, like really start taking swings at each other. And like the the final move is they both like actually go to stab each other and then they get stopped right as like the tips of the blades like would, you know, go through them. The prefects stop them. Um, it turns out that they were aiming for each other's rosary so that it wouldn't hurt them, uh, hurt the other one. It was like this, yeah, kind of like, you know, I love you, but we have to fight. So we'll destroy these things to keep our relationship a secret for some godforsaken reason. Um, so I, I enjoyed the show, but I just, I don't know. I kind of wish that uh, the romance could have been more outward and that they could have kind of actually broken the mold, um, maybe gotten a little away from the Romeo and Juliet told their own kind of story. Do they do but, the whole, I mean, cause you know, like as fans of anime and manga, like a lot of the school shows always love to do Romeo and Juliet. I mean, Romeo uh, one half has a Romeo, Romeo and Juliet play in it. Uh, they do because it's like the one thing that they seem to know about the play, it, the balcony scene. Mm, there, I don't think they. It's been a while since I finished this one. I'm trying to remember. I don't think there 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 was like a balcony esque scene. So in the the whole fight where uh, at the end. Um, he's kind of cornered by a bunch of white cats and a lower ranking prefect who's just like a total perv. Like he introduces himself by, um, oh man, I forget exactly what he says, but he like puts his hand down his pants and through his zipper, like a penis. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. Wow. Um, anyways, that's irrelevant. Just something funny. Um, but he, He's on like the third floor of this white cat dorm and uh he's trying to reach uh uh Persia who is on like the top floor in the corner. Uh turns out she was able to kind of climb out the window and get to this balcony area and he hears her like call uh in the fight and so he makes a break for it and jumps out of the third story window and everyone's like shocked and looking around like you know what the heck happened? Uh, and they go look out the window, and he's nowhere to be seen. And apparently, he 
was able to you know, grab her hand and get pulled up to this balcony. They have kind of a, a cute scene there. So I guess that would be the closest thing that I could remember to something <laughs> <laughs> like that. But yeah. Um, the show looks pretty good. Uh, I do like the character designs. Uh, there was one girl um, who's like the, the second to uh, Inazuka for the, the first years um, named Hazuki, who was very, very cute and, you know, totally had a thing for, uh, for Inazuka. Um, and I think, you know, eventually does tell him, but, you know, he's only got eyes for, uh, for Persia. So, um, yeah, if you like romance, I would say it's worth a look. Uh, just don't, you know, as usual, don't get your hopes up <laughs> uh, because the, there's you know it's kind of a non-ending as far as that thing go like we don't like they're in love but we don't really get to see any you know actual romance just cute moments every now and then if you do want to get your hopes up we definitely have recommendations (laughs) yes i can i can direct you um i'm gonna give it a three out of five it was good uh, but uh nothing that blew me away yeah (sighs) ah boarding school juliet (laughs) I wasn't sure what to expect from that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it didn't disappoint. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting terrible, but I'm not, I wasn't sure if it was yeah. going to be like a really good romance or just a bog standard romance or anime mm-hmm. romance, I should say. Uh, okay. Well, speaking yeah. of romance, um, Bloom Into You is actually one of my favorite Yuri manga mm-hmm. and was uh, one of my shows from last season. It was on High Dive. Um, because Sentai got it, um, done by studio. Oh, I always forget how to say that. Troika. Yeah, I think Troika is mm-hmm. right. Uh, Alno Zero recreators, etc., eh, etc. Et eh. Uh, the new Fate movie as well that I haven't watched, or the Fate. I don't know what it is. Like a one episode OVA, the Lord Elmaloy one. Oh, the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Also, is that Beautiful Bones? Do they do Beautiful Bones? That sounds familiar. No, they did. Yeah, that was a decent show. Anyway, uh, back to what I was talking about. Bloom Into You (laughs) is a Yuri manga, or I'm sorry, well, Yuri anime, uh, that follows uh, Yui Koito, uh, who uh, in middle school, she's like very into romance and was really excited about the prospects of romance. And uh, when she graduates... Um, uh, one of her classmates confesses to her and she was all excited about the feelings that she would get, you know, when this happened, but she feels nothing, uh, like, <laughs> so she's very confused and, uh, kind of put off by the fact, uh, like she doesn't even respond to him. Um, and, uh, kind of trying to decide what she's going to do in high school, her teacher uh, recommends the student council and on her way to the student council building. Um, oh, and wait, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. I think she was just wandering around. Yeah. And not, like she just ends up near the student council bell- building. Uh, she witnesses uh, Toko Nanami, who is, or yeah, uh, who is the student council president, uh, get confessed to, and she um, dismisses the confession um 
I mean, tactfully, you know, taking the person's yeah. feelings into consideration for sure. Um, but uh, you is uh, not not smitten by this. It's a really interesting story because she's she's impressed, more impressed at how maturely she handled the situation. Uh, and they both kind mm-hmm. of find an accord in in that they don't really feel anything for anyone else. Um, like romantically, like they can't really like they, you know, excited by the prospect, but just never really got to that feeling. Uh, and Toko just, uh, gets you to, um, to join the student council or to help out initially. And then she starts joining. Uh, but despite Toko's, um, I guess I just call her Nanami because that's what they call her most of the time. Nanami's, despite her her um, uh, claim, like well, not claim, but she you know she never felt anybody like, anything for anybody beforehand. She starts to gain feelings for you, uh, and uh, she confesses her feelings to um, to you and uh, says like I know you know you don't feel anything for me, but just let me be near you and, you know, kind of, I don't know, express my feelings for you. Uh, and like, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really weird because it's, you never really falls head over heels for, for Nanami. It like never happens, at least not where I'm at in the manga. And I mean, there are moments where, because, uh nanami is like this the perfect student council president she's um you know great grades and uh always on time and etc etc but when she's with when she's with you she's able to let her hair down and be more herself so you is kind of i don't want to say smitten but like interested in the fact that she's the only person who gets to see, see this side of the supposedly perfect student council president, like the, the, you know, the nervous side or the, you know, tense mm-hmm. side or the unsure side of her, whenever, uh, stuff's coming out for the, the student council. Um, Oh yeah. She, okay. So she's, she doesn't start out as a student council president, but like we watch her as she, she does her like, her run for the student council and like use the only person as her, her campaign manager who sees her nervousness during the campaign and all that stuff. Um, uh, along the way, there are other characters like there are like mini kind of conflicts throughout the show. Um, the most notable is, is uh, Nanami's best friend and, and vice president is uh, Sayaka and Sayaka is very clearly interested in Nanami, like romantically, like she went to an all-girl school and she had a girlfriend. Um, and Nanami kind of revived those feelings in her, but she's kind of been, uh, she's kind of relegated herself to just being by Nanami's side because she's like, oh, she doesn't want a girlfriend. Little does she know that Nanami is actively pursuing you. Uh, so there's kind of like a love triangle there. <laughs> kind of you it, it's like a triangle but the side where you would be going towards anyone is just kind of blank because she's not really doing anything she's just kind of <laughs> dealing with her her crazy senpai's um weird affections um 
towards each other, towards and away from her. I don't know. Um, there's also like use friends. Um, uh, that really comes and goes. Um, but, uh, and then, um, one of the, the, the boys on the, the student council's uh, name is uh, Suguru. In the manga, they make more of a big deal about this, but he discovers uh, Nanami's and Ko- and, and, well, and Yu's like thing, uh, but then decides that, like, we find out, like, he, he doesn't, like, blackmail them or anything. He's just like, I just like watching. <laughs> and it's not like a sexual thing it's a i just like watching like students lives playing out like apparently he he's been confessed to by girls and he's like oh no that's boring i don't want to be like an actor i would just want to watch it's like that is so weird <laughs> it's it's not like even in a creepy way but it's kind of creepy because of how weird it is oh he's such a weirdo anyway but yeah like the um most of the story like 99.9% is is um Nanami like trying to deal with her feelings for you uh and she I mean she actively pursues you and then you trying to like process this and be like I don't understand how she's feeling right now I thought we were on the same page with, you know, not really understanding this romance thing. Um, but she like Nanami slowly, but surely through this series is breaking kind of used walls down like for, for romance. Um, but the way it ends, it kind of ends uh, kind of on a cliffhanger. Not really. You is like by the end is much warmer towards, Towards Toko, towards Nanami, but I, she's not there yet. And I, I don't, I, I haven't kept going with the manga. I need to buy. I think I'm like two, two volumes behind, and I'm sure the uh, Japanese version is is much farther ahead. But I'd be really interested to see if they kept going with this because there is more to it. Um, but the way it ends is kind of like the it's it's the way they end a lot of Yuri anime adaptations like citrus and stuff like that um like it's a fine ending but there's a lot more uh the the uh i mean they they do a decent job too of of uh of having kind of an overarching narrative in that uh toko like i said she's she's got this other side to her the reason she's so perfect we find out is um she had a sister who was perfect in any way in every way uh, but that sister died and so she felt like she had to take that place to to be mm. that person um so she is kind of going through an identity kind of crisis type of thing which is uh, again what she's putting on you when she throws all this affection her away um and and so uh Toko wants to like revive the school play that hasn't been done since her sister was alive and, and all this stuff. And they, there's all this stuff about the play and they don't get to the play. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, last episode they're, they're still talking about the script because the script's not finalized. So 
it's I mean there's there's a lot that happens in between and I I'm glad they didn't cut parts out to to get there faster but it would be a shame if they ended it here. So it, mm, it's I a see. good story but it is a very incomplete story. So please 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 Japan don't give this to just your typical you know Yuri manga treatment where you're just like eh job done dust off my hands and i'm gonna go to the izakaya and have a shit ton of beer and snacks please do that because you you deserve a break you know uh studio uh what do you call it troika absolutely go to your izakaya have you some drinks please come back and finish the story though <laughs> i love this manga and i need it to keep going to at least some kind of end like I'm gonna keep reading the manga, yeah. but you know, I don't want this to become another My Little Monster where it's like one season and then like oh, well this has a really good ending. Anyway, I'm just gonna keep going on and on and like that. So um, uh -huh. yeah, blooming to you. It's it's still very good despite not having a real ending, uh, but because it doesn't, I have to give it a four out of five. I, okay. I wish I could give it a, a better score, but. I wish it were two core. That that probably would have made it a lot better if it was two core. Yeah, yeah. I only watched one episode, but I enjoyed it, and it looked really, really. Yeah, good. it's it's an interesting take again because it's it's not like both characters are head over heels. It's like one's head over heels and one's kind of learning about romance through the other person, which is just a really weird take, but a really refreshing take on <laughs> romance, in my opinion. Nice. Okay, up next, we have a, one of my picks, which is Surine, which is the um, archery anime from Kyoto Animation, uh, Kyoani, who has done many a good anime, like K-On, uh, uh, Love Chinibo and Other Delusions, a billion other things. Um, with, with Tomica Love Stories out or Tomica Market is what we watched in the for the group watch a, a few mm -hmm. months ago. I was actually listening to the uh, uh, ED today on the train. Yeah, nice. I have the uh, I don't know. It's not the ED. It's like the the insert song, the song that they sing or that oh. her dad sings. <laughs> yeah, but it's the uh, her version yeah, yeah. of it. So, That's a fun. Yeah, song. It's a really really good song. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, this is about uh, a guy named Minato Narumiya, who um, at the beginning of the anime is entering high school. Um, we come to find out that he uh, used to do archery in middle school. Um, and he started doing archery because he loved the sound of a bow being fired. Um, the, the sound that the string makes, which I believe is called a surene, uh, which is where the title comes from. Um, we come to find out that in one of his final competitions in middle school, he develops something called target panic, where he can't fully draw back the bow. Um, he fires prematurely, um, causing, you know, understandably, uh, pretty much complete failure um in competitions because he can't aim properly 
Um, but his childhood friend, Seiya, uh, tries to convince uh, Minato to come back to archery to give it another chance. Um, and there we find out is some tension between the two of them. Um, because uh, when uh, Minato was young, uh, right after he started archery, um, and he was uh, going to go tell his mom that he wanted to do archery, his mom got into an accident and died, um, and Seiya feels responsible for that uh, because they there was a, a like they were talking and then the accident happened, so he he felt like he caused them to you know go along that path to uh, her oh. death, um, and so Ouch. yeah, and uh, yeah. And so there, there's that kind of uh, tension in their relationship at the start. Um, but Mido finds himself, you know, coming to the uh, Kyoto Club, uh, the archery club, to just kind of observe it. Um, Seiya is the president of the club. Um, he, you know, brought it back to life because I think it had been dead previously. There. Uh, Advisor is a, an old man named Tommy Sensei, um, who's awesome. He's so cool, uh, just like this badass little man who uh, is too old to do archery, but when he does, it's he's you know lethal. <laughs> um, and uh, there we get introduced to um, some other characters. There's uh, Kaito Onogi, who's kind of like a hot-headed. Um, fanatic of archery. He loves archery, but he's very um, aggressive and uh, hard to get along with. Um, the typical kind of brash character that you find in a show like this. Um, then there's his cousin, Nano Kisaragi, who's like kind of like the idol of the school. He's got this gaggle of girls following him around everywhere. He's got a like catchphrase where he like does like a peace sign and says Merha. And it doesn't mean anything. It's just what he says. Um, and then we uh, meet Ryohei Yamanuchi, who I can't remember exactly the relationship, but I think Ryohei knew who Minato and Seiya were because um, he went to the same middle school or something like that. So he knew that they were in the archery club. And he saw them shooting and he wanted to do it. Um, so he's there. Um, but Tommy tries to get Minato to fire an arrow for everyone since he found out that he did it in middle school. Uh, Minato tries to get out of it, but he ends up doing it and everyone finds out that he does have, you know, target panic. Um, but on his way home from school, I think that day... Um, it's dark for whatever reason because Japanese kids go home late <laughs> from school. Um, he is walking by a shrine and he hears the the sound of a bow being fired. And so he kind of sneaks through the grounds of the shrine, gets to uh, the shrine's Kyoto Hall, and sees a man in his, uh, I think it's a ha Hakama. It's just like traditional, you know, archery outfit, um, firing arrows, like with this perfect form. It's very picturesque. 
Um, and he gets kind of like uh, drawn in by what he, he sees. Um, and uh, this guy, his name's Masaki Takagawa, um, has an owl named Who. Uh, <laughs> I I love that name. I, that's so simple and yet brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, please continue. Uh-huh. Yep. Who uh, lands on Minato's shoulder, and uh, which makes uh, Masaki notice him. Um, and we come to find out that you know they they start talking about archery and stuff, and uh, Masaki had suffered from target panic in the past, and that he was in the midst of this uh, ritual, I guess. Where he fired ten thousand arrows to, uh, you know, make a wish come true, and he was getting close to uh, finishing that, and so Minato kept coming back, um, and then right as uh, uh, Masaki was about to fire his ten thousandth arrow, he asked Minato to do it, uh, and Minato didn't want to do it, but then. I don't know, for some reason kind of felt like he should, and so he did, and he missed. Um which means that the wish can come true for whatever reason. Um but the next day we find out that Masaki has become the advisor or the coach of uh his high school archery team, and so Minato decides to give archery another go, because maybe doing stuff with the team will help him out. Uh from there, it's kind of like typical sports anime kind of thing where they're just practicing and we get to kind of uh, see the characters working together, growing together. Um, uh, Onigi, the, the hot-headed one, has a strong dislike of Minato because he thinks he's weak because of his uh, target panic. Mm. Um, and so they kind of have to work through that kind of thing. Um... And then I think they have their, oh, there's also uh, three girls in the uh, the archery club who are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Shirogiku, uh, Hiroki, Amodomura, and um, Sai, I think was the last one. I can't remember her last name. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but it was refreshing to see kind of like, you know, uh, a boy-centered uh, sports anime with a nice group of girls that kind of uh, <laughs> look at that Japan and uh, boys and girls, men and women can coexist. <laughs> they can, yeah, it's weird. Um, of course, they never compete together because why? Well, no, I they? mean, they that uh, that makes sense in the sense that, like, even in America, you know, boys and girls uh, yeah, sports are are sure. separated like that. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying but, it's right whether or not it is, but uh-huh. that's the way it is right now. So yeah. if you're going to make an anime based on that kind of stuff, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just kind of uh, the club kind of, you know, getting along and practicing. And then the, they have a tournament um, where we get kind of introduced to uh, Seiya and Minato's former teammate Shu uh, Fujiwara, who's called like the the Prince of Archery or something like that. He like he's got like just incredible talent. 
Um, and he's going to this, you know, prestigious archery school. Um, and I, I think this is like qualifiers for like the, the not state tournament. <laughs> that's not what we do. We're going um, to state. What's a state? We're going to prefecture. Uh, yeah, there you go. The prefectural tournament. Um, and so, uh, they're on the shoes team. There are a couple like uh, annoying twin characters, which uh, every time they talked, I wanted to smack them. <laughs> but uh, there, there were some pretty good uh, <laughs> like one-liners from the other members of their team, like telling them to shut up, like calling them uh, mass production units, and just making fun of the fact that they're twins, <laughs> um, which was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so they go to the competition. Um, and you know, they, uh, they struggle. Um, only one of the girls makes it through the singles. Uh, and then the, the boys barely squeak by in the, uh, the last spot for the next part of the tournament, uh, which is like, you know, a month or something away. <laughs> Gotta have that, uh, uh, that tension. Yeah. Um, let me think, you know, I, I can give you the play by play, but I don't think that's necessarily super interesting. They, they practice and stuff. They, um, there's some tension as Shu kind of calls Seiya out, um, as, uh, since Seiya is kind of seemingly just following Minato around to atone for what he's doing. Um, so Shu says that he needs to, you know, stay away because, his love for archery isn't, you know, enough of a reason or, you know, say his lack of love for archery is not, you know, why he should stick around. Like he needs to figure out what's going on with him before he can help Minato, um, which causes some tension in the group. Um, and then we find out that uh, Masaki, their teacher, um, his grandfather was like a super well-known archer. Uh, and teacher of archery in the past uh, who passed away a few years ago um, and that uh, him and uh, Masaki never go along. Uh, they had just different philosophies about archery and uh, Masaki hated the way that uh, he taught. And so there was like, uh, we find out that the reason that he was doing the 10,000, you know, arrow uh, ritual was to quit archery Um to give up on it hmm. um but since minato missed that final shot he decided to give another go as a coach and as a teacher um and so Mosky's trying to find out more about his grandfather um and what his grandfather thought of him because they kind of had a falling out um they didn't talk for like three years um and then his grandfather suddenly died uh so Mosky went to go see one of his grandfather's uh, archery friends who's way out. And I can't remember where, um, but like kind of far away. It was like a, we see him input it into his phone. It's like a 10 and a half hour drive. So he has to go quite a ways. Um, and this is like two days before a tournament. The, uh, the team, you know, is like, you have to go do this. You know, you need this kind of resolution in your life before you can even think about, 
you know, teaching us properly. Um, and we find out that on his way back on the day of the tournament, he gets into a car accident and, uh, that kind of, you know, rattles everyone. Um, cause they don't know anything like they know he was in an accident, but they don't know if he's alive or if he's, you know, okay or hurt or whatever. Um, but they have to compete anyways. And so they kind of, uh, you know, through the, the magic of friendship and sports, uh, kind of, you know, with the, like, this is where the girls really shine. They're like, <laughs> cause the, the one girl who made it through, you know, she had to go do her thing, but the guys didn't go cheer her on because they were like glued to their phones trying to figure out what happened to, uh, you know, their teacher. Mm. And, uh, so the other two girls are like, get your shit together, put down your damn phones and go shoot some art. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Damn it. You're right. We're going to do this for him and we're going to do it right. And, uh, so they, um, the first day, like barely squeak by, they make it like, there's a tie for the eighth spot to go to like, the finals and they have to do a shootout and, they kind of, you know, have like a, a heart to heart with each other and figure out, you know, what's wrong, why they're not shooting as well as they can. And then they uh, win the uh, the shootout. And then the culmination is that they make their way through the uh, the, the rest of the bracket. They make it to the finals uh, where they go up against Shu in his school and uh, they win um, and their teacher's OK. <laughs> Everything's good. That's the, uh, you know, that kind of like American sports ending, sports movie, like, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, remember the Titans type of thing. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed the show. Um, I love Keo, Annie, and, uh, you know, um, so I'm, I guess, predisposed to, uh, give whatever they have a uh, a shot, and this one certainly doesn't or uh, didn't disappoint for me. Um, I don't really know much about archery. I fired some compound bows here and there over my you know life, but uh, never really thought about it as more than just some hobby thing. But uh, it was really interesting to kind of uh, see like the uh, I guess the the rituals and the I forget the word I'm trying to think of. Just like the way they do things uh, in these archery clubs in Japan um, and the various things that go into, you know, being good at archery. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely recommend it. Um, I mean, the animation, especially in that final episode, is just incredible. Um, KyoAni does what KyoAni does. and They make beautiful shows. Um, regardless of whether you like the stories or not. Um, so if, if you like sports, uh, I would definitely give this one a shot. Or if you just want kind of a, a club show uh, about competition and guys being bros <laughs> and girls being awesome, maybe give archery it a look. Archery bros. Uh, archery bros. Um, I think I would give it a four out of nice. five. Um, it didn't blow me away in any way, but I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Wouldn't mind like another season, that kind of thing. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Give me more. 
Okay. Uh, so this is the last uh, show um, that we're going to do today, and it's one of mine. Uh, but Logan, I know you watched it as well. Uh, this is Irizuku, the world in colors, or Irizuku, the world in colors. I don't know why they change it. Um, this is uh, done by Studio PA, PA Works. Um, you know, Angel Beach, um, Shirobako, etc. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that I could do for PA Works. Um, but yeah, uh, so this one, it's it kind of uh, took me by surprise. I remember I, I, I picked this show... Uh, based off the art alone in the PV, mm-hmm. and I was not disappointed uh, by the story. Um, for the most part, for the most part, I'd say very much was not disappointed by the story. Excuse me. Um, uh, <laughs> we start um, the show with uh, Hitomi uh, Hitomi uh, Sukishiro, um, and the year is like. 2078 like 2078 happen. Like or make magic stuff, yeah. And most of it is just like yeah. sand. They make this crazy magic sand <laughs> that does different stuff, um, mm-hmm. from help you sleep at night to I don't know, create illusionary stars, etc. Um, <laughs> but Hitomi can't see colors. Um, we she knows that she could, uh, but right now she can't, and she's a very depressed girl in twenty seventy eight. Um, and her grandmother comes to her um, one summer during a, a fireworks display where she's looking at a sky full of black and white or, well, mostly white and gray fireworks because, again, she can't see colors. Yeah. And uh, her grandma um, uh, gives her a, I don't know, it's like some kind of, um, uh, what do you call it, Air, hourglass? Yeah. It's like an hourglass. Like, yeah. Ornate hourglass. And uh, she sends her back to the year 2018. <laughs> Uh, to meet with her, uh, her younger self, the with the grandma's younger self. The grandma's name is from here on out will be Kohaku. Uh, Kohaku, and so she she winds up in the past, um, accidentally in a boys' room, uh, for which she has to break out of. Um, and she meets up with her, I guess, her great grandmother and her great great grandmother. Uh, because her grandmother, Kohaku, is uh, studying abroad in England. Um, <laughs> so they get everything sorted out. And she tells him, your daughter in the future sent me to the past. And they're like, oh, wow. It's funny to me that they're not angry. They're they're more like, wow, she must be a great mage if she could do that. It's like she... Yeah. Oh, time magic. She, she okay. actively changed the past. Um yeah, I mean, it, it it seems like in this universe, um, time is linear. So, no, it, it was going to happen anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, so the this family sets her up uh, to be a student. Like, you know, you can't not be in school, even though what you're learning is 
60 years out of date. Uh, (laughs) So uh, she ends up going to school. Um, uh, Before she does, though, while she's wandering around, she uh, the the boy whose room she wound up in uh, by coincidence uh, is uh, drawing on a tablet. And she's just kind of walking around when she noticed when she looks at his drawing, um, she can see colors specifically in his drawings. Um, and yeah. it kind of uh, gets to her and she, she actually sees like this golden fish that comes out of his tablet uh, and swims around her. And, and every time, well, not every time, most of the times when she sees these paintings, she almost always goes into like this alternate reality or almost like a I, I saw them as like kind of part daydream kind kind of part magic experience where she would yeah. see the in- yeah it's like she but, enters yeah. the painting um, emotionally maybe not physically <laughs> but yeah no it, it she can see like parts of the painting moving and stuff like that it was really interesting um yeah yeah, she went to go find him because she left her yeah. earring. <laughs> her her like magic earring. She, like each each mage has this like gemstone. It's like a blue gemstone. Yeah. Uh, some of them with a ne- on like a necklace or whatever, but she specifically has it on her ear, so she's got to go find it. Uh, but yeah, uh, she goes to school, and you know, surprise, surprise. Uh, the boy, his name is uh, Yuito. He uh, he also goes to that school and he is part of the, I think it's like the photography and art club. Cause they had to combine them. Yeah. So most of them uh-huh. are photographers and he's the one artist. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they convince, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The club, uh, which consists of, uh, Yuto, uh, Asagi, who is, um, I think Hitomi's age, uh, Kurumi, who is her senpai, uh, show another senpai and chigusa who i think is younger i think hitomi and, and asagi yeah. are both second years show and kurumi are third years and chigusa is a first year and yuto is a second year as well yeah. um they they're all in the club and they convince her to join and she joins pretty willingly because you know she kind of wants to be around these colors that she can finally see i mean it's it's part of the reason why her grandma sent her back in the first place um was to kind of regain her sense of self and, and all that stuff. Um, uh, come to find out that everyone's kind of afraid of Hitomi because apparently Kohaku wasn't exactly shy about using her magical powers um, to to <laughs> some pretty great detriment. The principal yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's like he's he's got this very calm exterior, but when like whenever one of them leaves, he's like, oh, every time they talk, like my heart races, <laughs> or, or like something like something like that, or like every time they talk, I lose years off my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, that the, the principal was really funny, very very sensible man, uh, and and dealing with the unnatural you know phenomena uh eventually kohaku comes back from england but this time she's you know she's much more mature she's not blowing stuff up or whatever um she's learned a lot in england apparently uh and she meets hitomi and is very excited about her future prospects as a maid who can use time magic um (laughs) throughout the show uh 
I mean, uh, the overarching thing is is Hitomi trying to figure out how to get, the, I guess, the color back to her world, for lack of a better term. But we also get a yeah. lot of like mini developments within this club. Um, Kurumi uh, wants to be. Um, how do you say this? Like a genius, like her sister. She feels less than because her sister's like accomplished all this stuff around the time she was this age. And she feels like she hasn't made it yet. Eventually that's sorted out. She kind of, Chigusa kind of helps her out with that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Asagi loves show, but chose a fucking moron. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> God, it's just, it's hard to believe that anyone could miss signals that, I mean, she, like the the only other way she could get the the message across to him is if she was naked on his bed. That's really the only other way. He's an idiot. But uh, <laughs> but Sho likes Hitomi, and and so there's like a mini development with that where Hitomi's like, no, no, no to yeah. you. Gracias, Pero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Kohaku really doesn't have like Kohaku's whole thing is just is trying to help out Hitomi. She doesn't really have. Uh, anything yeah. The, yeah we never get to meet her husband. uh so or like yeah oh we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that in a bit because i i think okay. I, I i think okay. i know who it is um yuito okay. is like yuito and hitomi's oh we do actually no, yuito no, and Hit, hitomi's yeah. story Sorry. are are really closely tied together um but his is like he's kind of like got a block like until he until he meets Hitomi and and like they start kind of like talking and hitting it off and and they do kind of grow romantic feelings for each other although she's from 60 years in the future so that's the future I mean spoilers it's not going to happen but Yuito before he meets her Hana is like experiencing like this artistic block and stuff like that and one of the paintings she goes into there it's like really dark and there's this like this dark humanoid figure like searching through this puddle of like of like really um like like their colors but it's like they're like all the kind of vibrance has been sucked out of them so it like a lot of like her diving into it i like i don't again this is just me speculating this is me being a a, an analyst because i like this kind of stuff but (laughs) it was really like Every time she dove in, she was seeing kind of like his underlying artistic intention. Like that one was, you know, kind of felt like him like being in that slump and, and that, you know, that person digging through the colors was like looking for the the golden fish kind of felt like a muse to me. So he was looking for that muse and there mm-hmm. were a bunch of dead fish in that pond as well. So I was like, it was a really yeah. cool what I'm taking as a message as, you know, the viewer uh of like like he really needed uh that interaction with another person to kind of bring that muse back to life within himself um yeah because he won a competition as a kid with that yeah golden with the golden fish, fish which was like his big muse i think it's something to do with his dad or something like that yeah i, I, I don't remember the, the the exact story about that but but yeah, like every time she went into the store, into the 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 art, 
like except for that one time uh where it was like a desert and all drab and stuff uh it's usually really vibrant Uh just incredible (laughs) to like it's a spectacle it's 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 pretty incredible um other than that uh like after yuto and hitomi unfortunately after like they start kind of uh developing feelings for each other um uh Hitomi kind of starts disappearing for at first seconds and then for whole minutes and then for you know a little while longer um and it turns out that uh uh she can't stay in 2018 otherwise she'll uh she'll kind of be nowhere she's like she'll just kind of like mm-hmm. she'll yeah she'll just kind of like slip through the cracks of time and just be nowhere uh, so Koaku has to develop a way to, uh, send her back, um, <laughs> cursing her future self <laughs> for no instructions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course they can't go back before the, the cultural festival because they'd set up this whole, like, they, of course <laughs> it was fun. I mean, the cultural festival was fine, but I'm like, it was, this no, is I enjoy super dangerous time. Why are you waiting? <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so they, they do the whole cultural festival thing and then they have a really tearful goodbye with everybody and they all send her uh uh back to um to twenty seventy eight, uh where she now can see her colors. Um the way they kind of the way they kind of resolve her conflict I have mixed feelings about. Because yeah. it's it's brought to our attention that her mom kind of abandoned her, but it's like, mm-hmm. are you telling me she didn't remember that? Like, I don't understand why that had to come so late. Like, did she forget? Um, it seems like she was old enough to have remembered that kind of stuff, uh, and that's kind of what killed the color for her. Well. I think what it was was well. First of all, she hated magic at the start um, because she, she thought the magic is what drove her mom away because her mom didn't have the ability to mm. use magic like Kohaku right. did and like she did. Um, so she thought that that's why her mom left was because she could use magic. So she hated magic and you know, the I guess the stress of everything is what drained the color from her life. Yeah, like my only problem with that is we don't really learn that until later. Like we understand that she hates magic, but it's like okay, like but mm-hmm. the I don't know. I I feel like they could have given that to us earlier without that really affecting the story too much. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was like it was it was brought up like this big reveal, and it's like okay, um, but <laughs> well, we do find out that uh, that Yuito is the author of a children's book, um, that is one of the few things as a child that she could, you know, see color in. And so that's why, yeah, you know, when she goes back, seeing him as a, as a young man, um, she's able to, to see his colors and stuff like that um, through her, her yeah. magic. <laughs> that's children's, the children's book is based on yeah. them when she's yeah. there. So that's why like yeah. linear, it's, linear it's really timeline. Cute. She has to have been there for that, for that yeah. book to have been written. Um, and, and if yeah. it is a linear timeline because uh, when she comes back, her grandma actually goes into like the garden and digs up a time capsule 
that had all their pictures and she's got all the pictures with you know hitomi yeah. with them back then which would really be an experience to go back and hang out with your grandparents yeah. when they were young um, pretty wild yeah would be really <laughs> interesting i don't speak a whole lot of spanish so it'd be really difficult for me <laughs> but uh my, my grandparents speak english um well enough but yeah. uh yeah so she she comes back and you know everything is kind of fixed for her she she no longer has that that dislike of magic and um all of her colors have returned to her and stuff like that and it it is nice because they do kind of mm-hmm. they don't really wrap everything up um yeah i'm not gonna say I, I, and that's the go ahead. Oh, okay i was gonna say that's the the like my one issue or not issue the, the thing that i was most disappointed by with the show is that they leave so many things kind of unsaid which is a choice but you know i would have liked to have seen you know how does uh kurumi and uh chigusa do they you know have a relationship that lasts longer than you know whatever you know does kurumi become successful in whatever she wants to do i think it was like baking or something, oh, yeah, I can't something like that uh seems like a safe thing um yeah so yeah does asagi get together with show i really i want i wanted that yeah. wrap up so that i could see her move on to somebody else somebody who's less of a <laughs> fucking idiot i hated that guy yeah my but least favorite get, character we do get to uh we get to see uh uh hitomi's grandfather uh Kurumi, yeah or, uh, kohaku's husband who is the book bookstore, bookstore owner guy. yeah i'm like oh that's kind of cool because then yeah. you can kind of infer yeah. that you know through the years of her going there and stuff like that like a romance kind of i'm like that's yeah. that's a really cool way of doing that i dig it yeah i appreciated that um yeah i i guess the only other thing that i had a problem with was and i know b-tag had a long rant about this in the discord was uh, when she's going back, she's being sent back to the future. Um, you know, it's like this, she has to go back, you know, it's like a time sensitive uh-huh. thing. And then they take an hour <laughs> to each go talk to, you know, Hitomi and, you know, share their experiences with her. Well, so see, it was kind of a, a trite that, thing. That, that, didn't bother me so or that wouldn't have bothered me so much i should say uh if like they had done it before the school well, granted they it wasn't it was a time thing because it, it had to be like on the new moon right yeah yeah so i mean yeah. I, yeah i guess like if 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 they hadn't if they'd been able to do it before like the school festival or whatever because they really put her life on the line <laughs> doing a lot of that stuff and they really did like all right um so yeah i mean i could definitely see that um as for the time thing i mean at least they kept they kept it pretty simple linear timeline uh-huh. um so i wasn't really bothered by that but yeah i, I kind of wish i, I was uh, also uh, go ahead i was go ahead. like i said I, I was just gonna reiterate that i, I just kind of wish that uh, even in like in the end where we see like the ending clips like maybe see ending clips of of where everybody went like them as older people yeah for sure, yeah. Um, I totally thought <laughs> that Yuito was going to get sucked into the future with her when they, because they, when he goes up to talk to her, they have that like the magic activates or whatever, and they go into that memory. Oh yeah. Um. So I was expecting him to go to the future with her, but alas, it was not to be. Yeah. 
Kind of weird. <laughs> be really, it would be super weird for him. I'm all for it. <laughs> 60 years in the future. You know what? Love knows no oh, time. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Do not <Okay>. say that. <laughs> uh, it does. It does know time. Absolutely knows time. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Very well. <laughs> uh, we do not endorse. <laughs> uh-huh. No, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I retract my no, statement. No, no, I, mean, I, I, I do, like, joke, all joking aside, I agree. It would have yeah. been, it been, yeah, it yeah, been yeah. really awesome. Like, if he would have stayed, you know, the same age and, like, he didn't have like any future beyond that like i i would have felt bad for his mom mm-hmm. because his mom only had him but that's true <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah it, it would have been it would have been a, a, a definitely an interesting twist but yeah again linear you know timeline so the book wouldn't have existed and then that whole thread wouldn't have mattered yeah, i'm so. sure they i'm sure they could have it done is what something it is. With it. but yeah yeah for sure the way the way they oh, ended it sure. it wouldn't have made sure but yeah <coughs> hopefully yeah. hopefully you yuito found himself a a nice girl to settle down with while he was writing his children I'm children's sure books about about hitomi and, and friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes, wife. This book is about my former love. <laughs> no, no, they're just animals. See, no, they. Yeah, I know yeah, one of them yeah. seems a lot like Shu Show, and one of them seems a lot like Asagi and Kurumi and Chigusa. Who's this other person? No idea what you're talking about. I don't see anything there. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll joke inside. It, it was still a, a pretty good show, despite uh, my uh, reservations of, about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, if i had to rate it i don't know this one this one's difficult i think i'd give it a four out of five like yeah i i think i'm probably right because honestly like a lot of the way through i think i would have given it a 4.5 and i was considering like Uh if this goes like if this blows my mind because it's seeming like it might um it might even be a five but yeah, towards the end, I don't. I still really enjoyed it, but can I say I enjoyed yeah. it more than Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai? Yeah, no. I, I can't say that. Um, no. Yeah, I think this might be the first season we've ever had where we didn't have a five. <laughs> we did it, <laughs> we Carlos. Did, we didn't we did completely it. gush about a show this season. <laughs> It can't happen. It see, can. see, and we had two zero uh, point fives. What do you want from us? What do you people want from us? Yeah. <laughs> One last note on Irizoku is it? It was damn beautiful. Oh no, yeah, it was absolutely it was, gorgeous. Oh, the most gorgeous show mm-hmm. of the season. Oh wow, sure. I'm surprised. I mean, granted, I didn't watch uh, Sirune, but I, I was expecting. Sirune is more like you know classical and it's animation and it has some very nice effects and it looks really good, but the, just the, the use of color in Irizoku is just so, you know, impressive and effective that, you know, yeah, they, they really I, like, like the way that when like, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I, I'm not, you know, colorblind, but you know, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the videos of like, they they have those special glasses for people who are like a special kind of colorblind, like so that they, it gives them kind of their, mm-hmm. their color back and their reactions to color. Like that's kind of what it felt like watching, uh, watching, um, 
uh, Hitomi get her colors because like the the, yeah. and the the colors that they used to show that you know she was seeing them were just like completely popped out of the universe so you're like oh okay she sees that um yeah i appreciated that she took up uh black and white photography as her productivity <laughs> um just as you know i think that's a cool kind of a uh, way to get around not being able to see color because just focus on black <laughs> and white so anyways yeah good show um average season yeah yeah uh i definitely you know apologies for not covering every everything but even the ones that i didn't watch i can't imagine they would have gotten higher than like a four the the two that i, I missed yeah. out today or that i you know i missed out on talking today but yeah n- not not really the best season for me and it doesn't sound like for mm-hmm. you guys either and and um you know jeff couldn't be here today and, and even if he was he wouldn't really have a whole lot to talk about because his shows just kept continuing so uh, look yeah for, three continuing look shows. forward to uh to more uh uh jeff reviews next season at least <laughs> yeah um um but yeah i think that's gonna do it for this yeah. one um i think our goal is now that we have uh our reviews done to finally get around to doing an end of the year podcast. It's February. Here we are in February. <laughs> We're sorry. Uh, eh, you know, Crunchyroll hasn't done their awards yet either. So have they not? Hey, I thought I just no. missed it. Uh, no, wow. I don't think so. No, I think they the voting no. is done. Maybe no, definitely check that but out. Jeff, like, maybe they did. definitely check that know. out because once again, uh, and I'm not sure if we did this before, but shout outs once again to the Otaku Spirit Podcast because um, uh, Andrew. Uh, got or was one of the judges, something like that. It's like judge, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's one of the yeah. judges for. No, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what they were judges. called. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. He, he for the second year in a row he got to be one of the nomination judges. So I still think that's uh, that is pretty cool. Yep, pretty awesome. Um, let me see what else we got going on. We are in the midst of our watch along, still going through Gosick slowly yeah. but surely. Uh, it's been a scheduling nightmare, yeah. <laughs> um, but we, I think we're all enjoying it so far. So uh, we do want to continue watching that. Um, and uh, we got Hungry Games going on season five, I think. Uh, power fisting is demolishing <laughs> everyone. It's the power so of Sweden. Congrats to his team. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the power of Sweden, boys. Um, and yeah, uh, league is going strong. We're doing a pick 'em. Uh, I guess it's a little late at this point to get in, but if you do want to make picks, you are more than welcome to join us. Um, but yeah, if you want to get a, a hold of us and uh, join our Discord, you can find us on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Our website is animearcade.net. Hit us up on any of those and we'll get you an invite. You can come talk to us about the current season, which we haven't started yet and which we can afford to start. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've watched uh, a couple episode ones, but yeah, I haven't really gone that much farther. And it's like, uh, I, I just, yeah. I need to like, like this weekend, just catch up on everything. That way, like end of the season, I'm not binging 12 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was me this past season for sure. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Carlos. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll catch you guys next time.
Peace.